When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. LFC Day Trippers. Brought to you by bookmakers.com. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It is an NTK no transfer knowledge show. So Gav has drafted in the NES of the NTKs. Kevin myself bringing absolutely no inside knowledge, but we're going to discuss all the tittle tattle anyways. Uh, tonight's show is brought to you by bookmakers.com. There are uh, Partner for the shows for the rest of the season. If you're into a little bit of the gambling and you do it responsibly, head on over to their website. Get the best odds that you can get if you're going to put your money up. Uh, if you don't, there's lots of other good things on there in terms of stats comparisons and getting yourself ready for uh, the weekend's action. I guess in this case, it is a cup weekend. Kev, how you doing? I'm good. Not too bad. Not too bad. Well, kind of over the weekend now. Yeah, this is uh, much easier than doing a reaction to that. Well, yeah. I know. Look, I've come to the realization now. I've just accepted I'm comfortable in my own skin. Anything that we get out of this season's a bonus. Yeah. And just play it by ear, game by game, see how it goes. Yeah. There's it's... an awful lot of noise happening around this league at the minute. An awful lot of noise, especially tonight. It's yeah. a, a lot of smoke, not a ton of fires, but. That's actually a really good point. Um, 
I was looking through earlier on, when you think about it, I mean, we're what are we now? The 24th of January. So the window's been open for the bones of three and a half weeks. And you actually scroll through the amount of deals that are done, that are done, signed, over the line. And once you take Chelsea's nuts madness out of it, there's not really been many ground-breaking, earth-shattering moves that would rock anyone, you know? And especially when you look at... I always look... I mean, look, we all know we need a central midfielder. So you start looking through the list of central midfielders who moved in this window, and you think, did we miss out on anyone? You know, did someone move? And we think, damn, you know, that's a really good price. We should have been in there. And there isn't. There's there's no standout centre midfielder that you look at and you think we really should have been in there and we weren't. What happened? You know, off the top of my head, I can't think of too much. Look, what Chelsea have done is an absolute madness. And suddenly UEFA decided that there's a big, huge gaping loophole in their um, transfer rules. Mm-hmm. And they're going to close it, but they're not going to close it until the summer, which gives Chelsea enough time to squeeze through another couple of... Uh, Long deals. Yes. Well, hopefully these are uh, a bunch of Bobby Bonilla type contracts for Todd Bowley and they'll hang like albatross around the neck of Chelsea Football Club for years to come. And, you know, because all it takes is, I mean, if Mudrick, you know, has a career ending injury, they're paying him for a long time. The thing is, Chelsea have been down this road before with um, when Abramovich originally took over. I think it was Winston Bogard to they signed and he was just a complete flop uh done absolutely nothing they ended up paying him for the entirety of his long contract a lot of money and that's uh, atletico madrid did the same thing they signed jive say signed saul to a seven-year contract yeah you know and halfway through they realized that in his contract he was entitled to an annual pay rise along with everyone else and they couldn't sustain it so they forked him out on loan Joe Felix, the same thing, you know, spread the payments over a long period of time, take the gamble. He's on loan. Yep. And they're it's, it's, desperate it's, to try to get rid of some of these contracts, you know? Oh, yeah. It's nuts. But look, I mean, the way they're doing it, they look, they saw the loophole and they're going to take advantage of it. And that's on them. They've got to live. If it pays off, let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, Chelsea have bought a lot of quality. Young prospects that have an abundance of talent and if they can blend that into a team they're going to be a problem for the next five five plus years you know the likes of Mudrick it was the first time I saw him at the weekend but you saw enough of him in that little cameo to think there's a player in there you know it's an expensive player yeah. but there's a serious player um you know uh the kid, the, the other kid they got in the right right winger, uh, Nanu Madweke, they yeah, got man. in from PSV, another really good, talented prospect, twenty years of age, world at his feet. You got to ask yourself the question: How are they going to register them all, and who do they need to sell to be able to do this? Because we know they're losing Jorginho at the mm-hmm. end of the season, and uh, Mason Mount's contract is up. And you look at there's probably a couple of more the likes of Loftus Cheek will be sold, but it's got to be it's look it's got to be turning it's got to be like watching these they're so popular, you know for the, for the next few probably transfer windows to see how this all levels off with Chelsea because it had to level off, but 
Yeah, it's it's almost like Bowley didn't realize they've changed the loan rules, and he's like, "Well, we can just loan all these players out." You know, I'll I'll own forty or fifty players, and we'll loan them all out, and nobody's had the courage or idea of mm. tapping them on the shoulder and going, "Oh, actually, you know, you can only have what I think two senior players now out on well, loan, or two players above the age of twenty-two, or something like that." It's the loan system. The, I'm confused with it. I really am. But I know you're only allowed a certain amount of players out on loan and you're only allowed a certain amount of players in on loan. That was always the case. You're only ever allowed to have, I think, two, maximum of two loans at any one time. I might be, I said to be corrected on that. It might be more, but it's not many. But it, I mean, you see a lot of the guys in the chat there and they're all championing the idea of Liverpool going in for Mason Mount. And I know there's a fair few people on this pod who admire it, who is a good footballer. And I think if we were to change how we play and the type of football that we play, the system that we play going forward into the next few years, it could be a very interesting signing. It could be a yeah. very interesting signing. I heard Mount's name come up on a show on the channel here you know, a couple of days ago, and it just it falls into the same bracket as Harvey Elliott, Fabio Carvalho, you know, Cody Gakpo being like, you know, they're good, tidy players and they might have a future, but not in the way that we've been thinking of Liverpool as playing as the way that Klopp has had us playing for the last six, seven years. Like it, ju he just doesn't. And I don't like I like Mason Mount last year. I thought he was had a fantastic season for Chelsea and he looked like quite a player, but just plays and assists. Like, I feel the same way about James Madison. I don't know if James Madison works in our current team. I don't see where he would play. Mm, but you that's know, the, 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 the Philippe Coutinho problem, basically. Yeah. Look, this is the thing. Um, I love it. I mean, you get an awful lot of people, and we had it in the Telegram all day today, and the Telegram's been hopping all day today. It's been really, really good. But People talk about the Klopp way of playing and the Klopp style of play. The Klopp style of play has evolved every year since he's been there. We were a helter-skelter side when we started to being an absolute possession-dominant side that pressed the living daylight out of you. But it was mainly possession-based when we were at our best. But it, I think it's got to evolve again. It has to. There's too many players that have been brought in that don't fit 4-3-3 in the way that people think of us playing. There's too many forwards that we have now at the club that don't fit that mould. So I, I think that we're going to see the club evolve over the next few years to become something different. And the summer transfer policy and what happens in the summer is going to dictate all of that. And hopefully, if we'll be like a panacea moment, we'll all just open ours. Oh, my God, now I see. Yeah, you know? That's what we're all hoping for. But, exactly. You know, one or two midfielders fit into the team and you see them in a preseason yeah. game and all of a sudden it all makes sense. But uh, Byron Gronewald here says people need to realize that Chelsea talk about Mount the way we talk about Jones. Uh, yeah, they're a strange bunch of fish down there, let's be honest. I mean, a straight swap uh, Mount for Jones? I, I wouldn't be totally... I, look, idea. I like Curtis Jones a lot. I just think his body has let him down over the last few years. And unfortunately, it's just the type of freak injuries that he has... He's had combined with bone issues. Bone issues are not something that you fix overnight. It's when it was described, when I heard someone describe it, I actually heard um, a specialist describe what he goes through. You ever had shin splints? You, you're a posty. You've had shin splints. Yep. Now, the more you push it, the worse they get. Now, you imagine that happening to an athlete. 
where it's like the pains in inside your bone cause you excruciating pain, but it's something you grow out of and you grow through. But it takes it just takes time. And he's unfortunate in the at the minute that he's going through that. But here's the catch twenty two. This is why I don't think him or Joe Gomez will be sold anytime soon. It's pure and simply. James Milner goes, Cleveland Kelleher goes, Oxley Chamberlain goes. Curtis Jones comes in as being a homegrown player when he turns 21. Carvalho turns 21 at the start of next of next season. We still need homegrown player, a homegrown player to come into the squad to replace A. Nat Phillips, who we'll get on to later, and B. Oxley Chamberlain, who's going to be going. Yeah. So not to mention it, you're getting more and more people that are saying, you know, Henderson's time might be done with the team. And, you know, I don't have faith in Joe Gomez. We need to move on from him. It's yeah. it's basically people want to drum all of our, you know, English and homegrown and clubgrown players out of the team with the exception of Trent. And I'm sure Eunice, a couple. Yeah. Eunice, I see you, my man. I do see you. Uh, I've championed Jacob Ramsey for a long time. And on transfer shows, the last transfer show I did with Gav, I did. I think Jacob Ramsey is a special, special talent. He's also 19 and doesn't qualify to be homegrown for another two years. Yeah. You know, you have to register seven. And that it, it was one of the things that the UK government actually introduced towards or want to introduce is they want to increase that to eight to help them. And the argument is, is that the more homegrown players you have, the more opportunities are given to English homegrown players, the better it is for the national team. And the government can instruct the league to introduce that over and above and beyond what UEFA demand. So that's something that could happen down the pipeline and that could screw everybody. What a job creation scheme, though. I mean, Rishi Sunak is an economic genius, apparently. Yeah, yeah, next that's question. adding at least 20 English jobs a year in the top division. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, so yeah, I it's, uh, haven't been paying a ton of attention to the tittle tattle cause it's, it's tiring enough trying to keep up with what's going on with Liverpool and owners and our lack of transfer business, but picked up a few rumors here from the last couple of days. Uh, Harry Maguire to West Ham. Interesting one. He needs to move. 100%. Yeah. And let, let's face it. If when he was at Leicester, and Leicester were a sitting counter-attacking side who would sit in deep. He was absolutely fine because the one thing that he's good at is his, his distribution from the back is pretty good. His passing range is decent. Yeah. It's actually better than decent. It's good. And when he doesn't have to turn around and chase people, his defending is okay. So you put him in a West Ham, and West Ham have created spit. They've moved someone on to Wolves. They, oh, what was his name? It was a centre back. Um, not Matt, I have Matthew, Matthew Upson in my head. It's not obviously, but they moved um, Craig Dawson. Oh, okay. On to He's Wolves for three, yeah, three point four million. So that's one I would keep an eye on because I think Manchester United, mm-hmm. Manchester United need to raise funds to if they have any plans to do any anything in the last throws of this window. They have to generate funds from somewhere. So that's one I would keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, it's I, I think it would suit both parties. I mean, he seems to fit like he, Harry Maguire just screams a perfect David Moyes player. Like if he had a big curly ass afro, he would literally tick all the boxes for a David Moyes type player. Yeah, it's no, I 
I, I think he, 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 no matter where he goes, he needs a move. Yeah. And I think it's just a case of how much United are willing to bend to facilitate that move. How much you, how much they're going to eat on his uh, yeah, they're gonna have transfer to. fee. Yeah, they're going to have to because, look, it's clear as day when Luke Shaw is starting to get centre back over you. Yeah. And you don't even come off the bench when he makes a change at centre back. That, yeah, you, you know, go and spray some links, man, because you're not wanted in that room. You know what I mean? Yeah, precisely. It's, it's mad. Uh, another one, uh, a little reunion possibly on the cards. Uh, uh, Emery looking to bring Guendouzi to Villa from Marseille. Yeah, he's had a good. He's he's been linked back to the Premier League a few times. He's had a really good spell back in France. Whether it's a case that he's grown up or not, who knows? But the manager knows him, and I think it would be a good fit for both. Um, it's just a case of how do Villa make room for him. They're after spin. I think Villa have brought someone in already to replace. Um, I think I was saying it to you before the game, before we started tonight. They brought in a forward from Chicago. Chicago Fire, Johan Duran, uh, eighteen million from yeah, eighteen million to Villa from um, Chicago Fire to replace Danny Ings in the squad. So, if they were to do one more, someone else would probably have to make room. And Douglas Louise to Liverpool back possible, on. Possible. Haven't haven't heard that rumor in well, uh, since the, thing the last is, window. All right, I'll throw a few names at you. Okay, Frank Kessier. Frank Kessier has been taught, touted around from Barcelona. It hasn't worked out for him there. I mean, he was good at AC Milan. Hasn't worked out at Barcelona, which is not surprising given the type of player he is and the type of football that Barcelona play. I mean, that's the ultimate square peg and round hole. Yeah, but. He's been touted around with um, Arsenal and Chelsea being linked. Whether there's anything in that, I don't know. Camavinga, interestingly, had um, had a lot of uh, talk about him, but apparently there was one bit of gossip that went around that Madrid were looking to use him as a make-weight in a deal for Jude Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Camavinga plus 100 million for Bellingham. I'm like, nah, that's just never in a million years that would happen. But whether he'd be available on loan, because it's the one thing he's 20 years of age and he doesn't play that much. And it looks like he's not going to play that much for the rest of the season. You know, their midfield is pretty settled at the minute. And you're looking at still trying to get Valverde into that side with. Modric, Cruz, and Chumeni. Yeah. So when you've got Camavinga as maybe your fifth choice, the option to send him out on loan is, is probably there, but apparently his agent has rubbished it. Whether, you know, it's one we'll keep an eye on. Another one that is li- heavily linked with a move to the Premier League is Tete from Lyon. He's he's at Lyon via Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, he's on loan to Lyon, forward Brazilian, 22 years of age. He's been heavily linked with a move to Leicester. Now, whether that's a loan with an option or a loan with an obligation or a straight purchase, we'll see. And mm-hmm. one that goes back to the World Cup. Sofian Ab- Amrabat. Uh, Sofian. Sofian so- Amrabat. He's the good still, Amrabat. Yeah, he's still at Fiorentina. Uh, he was in Barcelona. He was spotted in Barcelona and interviewed by Marca. 
and asked the question, uh, who do you admire? Where would you like to play? What do you see as your future and all of that? And it, I think it might be a case of, look, when in Rome and all that. But he turned around and he talked about Atletico Madrid and the style of play that Chulo plays at Atletico Madrid, that he really likes that style of play. And he could see himself playing at, 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 at Atletico Madrid one day. So, you knows. I mean, the thing is, Atletico Madrid have brought someone in in the transfer market. They've done a deal to bring in um, Memphis Depay from Barcelona. Nominal fee, but I think it's a good signing. Yeah, a couple of I think it's a really smart bit of business. Um, they needed to get someone in to replace the minutes that Joe Felix is going to play, and he's a similar type of player to what Joe Felix offers. So that'd be a good move. The other one that wrote, come head and they hit the headlines massively in Spain today is the fact that Barcelona are looking to sign uh, Marco Asensio from Real Madrid. Whoa! It would be the first. Easy. Yeah, it would be the first transfer between the two clubs from Madrid to Barcelona in something like 27 years. There's a good trivia question in there. Mm, there is. But I remember one going the other way and there was a pig's head at the corner and all of that stuff. <laughs> but there's a whole documentary series about that one. Mm. That was one of the most mental things I've ever seen in a football pitch in my life. If anyone in the chat knows the player, stick his name in the chat. You know who he is. Yeah, Wizard here just says Amrabat is dreaming. He's a three-week tournament player. I mean, I have to say it he came out of nowhere. I don't think there was anybody, at least in the Premier League, talking about him as, you know, a potential midfield target, let alone for a team that has aspirations for being, you know, challenging for the Champions League places. And how quickly after the World Cup that has disappeared. I mean, when the when the tournament was going on and about a week or so afterwards, he was like the number one name on everybody's lips. And since then, just nothing. Owen Burke has actually thrown a really good name in the chat there. Um, Oni Onahai, Onahai, yeah, from uh, Morocco. Yeah, he's Moroccan. He was the other. He was the other centre mid, and apparently Leicester were looking at him as well. But Napoli looking to sign him, he'd be a hell of a player for Napoli. I Napoli are one of those sides you in Europe this season that you just go out of your way if they're on on a Saturday night, you just open a couple of cans, sit down, and enjoy yourself. Yeah, because they're a hell of a side to watch. So. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one for sure, you know, uh, if it happens. Well, I mean, uh, if, if Napoli add him to their midfield, I, I would take any of the three Napoli midfielders that played against us. You know, if you gave us Labotka or Andre Frank Zambo and Gisa, be happy with it, that, even Pierre Zielinski. See, the thing is, you got to look at how the, that midfield is all balanced out. It balances itself out perfectly. Yeah. It's the one thing, I suppose, when we were at our pump, what we had throughout the, the side was pure balance. It was pure balance in that midfield. It had everything. It was per yeah, you guys are right. You're all you, your knowledge is like the bomb. It was Luis Figo that has a pig's head a pig's head thrown at him. But um yeah, it and Guisa is one of those players it just didn't work out at Fulham. He moved to Fulham for big money. I think off the top of my head, I think it was around a thirty five million pound mark that he Ooh. moved to Fulham for when they first got promoted. Fulham went on a absolute madness. They did a mini Nottingham Forest before Nottingham Forest were a thing. And a hipster Nottingham Forest. Yeah, they were a hipster Nottingham Forest. They just went absolutely nuts. And they bought they spent 35 million on this kid on the promise that you know he's going to be something special. And it just didn't work out. He ended up going to going to Italy and he's just settled so well at Napoli and he just looks an absolute player. 
And yeah. the perfect, it's a perfect balance in that midfield. He works perfectly for the way Napoli play. And you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, even the three midfielders like Zielinski is clearly a more forward-oriented player, almost a quasi-winger. Uh, Angisa is just pure box to box. And in like the games that we had against Napoli this year, like Labotka didn't seem to really move around the pitch much. No. He just stayed in that holding role and just hoovered everything up and just played the quick little exchanges and got the ball moving forward again. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it, I would I would have swapped our midfield for that. Those three just take ours and swap them with oh. their three like after that, after especially after the first game, because they were so, so good together. Uh, here's another one coming to the Premier League, and I don't know, maybe Knott's Forest has gone out and already bought another goalie, but with the injury to Dean Henderson, there's rumors that Kaylor Navas might be uh, getting out of wow. PSG and, yeah, joining the project at uh, Nottingham Forest. The thing is, it must, it would be a massive weight off of PSG's books. You know, he's not on, he's not cheap. He's, he's not on poor money by any stretch. Nope. But I think if you're talking about two goalkeepers at one club, who, who's got the best two? Yeah, they've got the best two at PSG. Yeah. Keller Navis is a number two is ridiculous. Yeah, and that's what I saw in the story was that PSG would be reluctant to let their number two goalie go mid-season. But when your number one is Donnarumma and your options are... I think they want to really give Donnarumma the number one and, you know... Give him elbow rooms in it. You are the number one now. It's yeah. your shirt. You're not going to be giving Keller Navis the odd game here and there. You're the main man. You're going to do it. And Keller Navis is still a very good keeper. Yeah, he it's surprising that he hasn't pushed for a move. You know, it's surprising because he is, he's a quality keeper. You know, maybe yeah. top 15, 20 in the world, probably oh, yeah. easy. Easy. You know? I mean, the thing is, you look at it, you look at if you're a Tottenham, would you, you know, Hugo Lloris, Keller Navis? You know, Keller Navas all day long for me. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, no, it would be for sure. Uh, that's the cal caliber of keeper. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, they already had Ariola, and they let Ariola go to West Ham to be West Ham's number two. So they they've, they've got an abundance of riches and depth at in certain positions at PSG, and keeper is one of them. If he ends up at Nottingham Forest, I think he could end up at Nottingham Forest long term. And maybe you could see him there for a few years and Forrest could turn around to Dean Henderson as, you know, this loan from Manchester United is off you go off you trot back. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, David De Gea hasn't signed an extension to his contract at Manchester United yet. And his well, contract is up at the end of the season, I think. That would be funny, because if I remember correctly, yeah. uh Dean Henderson was almost burning bridges when he uh you know packed up and left yeah. United for the year on loan. You know, talking that yeah, what he was betrayed, or you know, they're they're not living up to what he was told they were going to do with him. So that would be fantastic if that was the case, because it'll be nice uh, to see Manchester United have some questions at the number one spot because oh, yeah. David de Gea has been so brilliant and important for them, and you know, usually so, usually you know, so. I mean, when he's on it, he is up there with the, one of the, some of the best shot stoppers in the game. It's yeah. just that when he flaps. He has absolute, you know. That he, one in the cups last week was, yeah, unbelievable. That, and that's what he's got in his game as well. And it's something that's, it, it's like a lot of key. It's pure confidence. But then he shakes it off really well. But the one thing you look at the Premier League at the moment, there are some really good keepers. You know, Rea at um, Brentford. Brentford. 
Yeah, the guy at Brighton, uh, Sanchez, Robert Sanchez. Yeah, there's so much. There's some really, really top yeah. quality. Mel- Melier is of a better quality, especially at his age. You know, mm. for a team like Leeds, that's you know worrying about relegation battles and yeah. stuff like that. Like he's you know- he's kept it respectable for Leeds. Mm-hmm. He really has. He makes a I mean, lot of saves. Yeah, he's France under twenty one, and there's an awful lot of. Uh, you know he's he's got an awful lot of promise about him, and the fact that he's been at Leeds now for as long as he has, at the age that he has, he's got a really good grounding. So, yeah, I think the summer is going to be interesting for someone like him, for sure. But I mean, the main talking point tonight really was got to we got to talk about it. Everton. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you if anyone in the chat hasn't seen last night's show, go and watch it. It's an hour and a, an hour and a half just flew by listening to the three lads yeah talk about Leeds talking about Everton and really going through it in depth and then tonight it broke just a kickoff for the um league cup semi semi-final that Mashiri has put Everton up for sale and the asking price is for offers over 500 million and apparently Deloitte has been asked to handle Either a full sale, a majority sale, or investment. And the fire sale has begun. Yep. The fire sale, the asset stripping at Everton has begun. It seems to me that anyone with a cash asset value is up for sale. You know, and they're they're running like uh, rats on a sinking ship. You know, Anthony Gordon is being heavily linked with the move to Newcastle. 40 million is the is the price being quoted and the, this is going to be buyer's delight for any club looking to buy players from Everton at the minute because they what they need to get players in to try to avoid relegation you know uh, Anthony Gordon just hasn't cut it and he he doesn't have the minerals to to do it in a relegation battle it's a different type of mindset and a different type of player you need and because of the financial straits that Everton are in, they have to sell these players to give any incoming manager any kind of a fighting chance. And whatever happens about the sale, I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. Anthony Gordon up for sale, Amadou Onana up for sale. I'd imagine if offers came in for Jordan Pickford, they'd be they'd be listened to. Uh, yep. If offers come in for Calvert Lewin, they'd be listened to. And I think any reasonable, reasonable offers that come in for any of those players between now and the end of the window, which is less than a week away, they will they will all be entertained. Yeah, I mean, is there any there you'd take? G10 mentioned that he thinks Onana would be a good player. I think that would be a great player to steal from underneath Everton's noses. I was just going to ask people in the chat, how would people in the chat feel about someone crossing the park? Because it's something that doesn't happen often. Often, There's a few that have done it, but none in recent times. The one that sticks out to me is Peter Beardsley, you know, but off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone who's crossed the park in recent, recent, recent times. It's so rare. I mean, it's not like, they Liverpool to Manchester United, Manchester United to Liverpool doesn't happen, you know, unless it's via a third club, the Paul in situation. 
but in general, it it rarely if rarely if ever happens. But is is any if the is there anyone at Everton that I would want at Liverpool? Honestly, hand and heart, no. And purely because of the mentality that Everton have shown this season. I mean, we're in we're in dire straits at times, but we're in an awful lot of games. Yeah, we've lost a, we've lost our games that we should have got something out of. We've been togged in games. But I look at Everton and it looks like they go one down and the heads go. They just... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No minerals whatsoever. I can't think of one. I genuinely can't. You know, I like Demary Gray. I think Demary Gray has probably been the smartest bit of business that Rafa did in a long, long time. One point seven million. Yeah. You know, he was a smart boy, and and he came back in, and it's like he had something to prove. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he had what a year at Leicester and then he went to France or Germany. No, Germany. It was at Leverkusen, I think, right? And then he, he came was, back. Yeah, in. he was in Germany. He came back in and he seemed like he had something to prove. But I mean, the value on some of these players, like I saw today in the telegram, there were some people kind of refuting the I thought it was widely accepted rumor that Chelsea had offered fifty or sixty million for Anthony Gordon late in the summer window. Yeah, it was yeah, sixty million but was rumored and it was turned down apparently there's no way that his value is anywhere close to that. If you've watched him play this season, he has been an absolute non-factor with the exception of flopping around and diving. Like it's, they'd be, if somebody offered them 30 million for Anthony Gordon, I think Everton would snap their hands off for that 30 million. And it's, I think they're, I think their situation is so widely known that even, even Newcastle, I don't think would be so, like pigheaded about it to go in and offer huge money when you know you can get these players for cheaper. The thing is, I looked at Newcastle tonight and I think that they'd be open to selling uh Alison Maxman. I I just honestly think I I just think he's so injury prone, so inconsistent. He doesn't start anymore and he doesn't suit the way Eddie Howe wants to play. I He's, think they'd I think they'd look to sell him and maybe recoup use any fee that they could get for him to fund an Anthony Gordon. I think they like the idea of buying young British talent, mm-hmm. young English talent. And, and I mean and it's smart. So you don't end trip. up in the situation that we're in where we're gonna have to be paying a ridiculous English tax yeah. to just maintain our homegrown quota. Well, LFC Aaron is saying Chelsea are in for Gordon. Look, Chelsea are in for the tea ladies at the minute. It's, we should have just called the show Who Are Chelsea Buying at This Moment? Yeah. You know, volume 27. I, I still want to see what Chelsea's squad looks like when they have to register their squad for the second half of the season. Yeah. Because be for the life of me, I do not know how they're going to get that many players in. Yeah. Um, Chris has put in a couple of comments there, and I'm hoping that one of them is in jest. Which one? It's... That one? No, I know about that one. Mm. Uh, there was one further up. Uh, that one, Arthur Mello. 
I really hope that's in jest, but I don't think it. I don't think it is. Arthur Mello could be suspended for thirty days, having been caught up in the Juventus pay scandal. Juventus falsely submitted that his wages have been lowered. That is the nuts and bolts of what Juventus have been found guilty of: is manipulating player wages to lower their contract value for FFP and therefore sliding under the radar for FFP and Mello was involved in one of those deals that sent someone to Pjanic to Barcelona yeah. where Mello went the other way and if there's any truth to that hopefully there's something in the loan contract that you Liverpool would have, would have signed that brings the club into disrepute yeah that the club could Liverpool might be able to con- use that as leverage to cancel the contract. I I would I would that would be my first presumption that if he's picking up a suspension that means he can't play for Liverpool because of financial improprieties and the scandal that Juventus get themselves into on a you know every 10 or 15 year cycle yeah. then that's just okay there's your contract it's ripped up there might even be a case for Liverpool recouping the loan fee that they paid you know because they basically given us a toxic asset that they knew was toxic and didn't disclose that to us. So it could open up a spot in the team, you know? Well, there's a few things that are going to flow from that scandal into the Premier League. That could be one. Paratici. Paratici at Spurs looks like he's going to get a worldwide football ban. It's common enough, you know, when when a player... Say, if you sign a player from... Just for example, okay. Liverpool signed Jude Bellingham in this window, but Jude Bellingham picks up a red card at the weekend. He gets a three-game ban in Germany. Yeah, It's customary that that three-game ban will carry over into Christi- his new club. Cristiano Ronaldo didn't get to play in his unveiling game for Al Nasser in Saudi Arabia because he was still suspended for smacking the phone out yeah. of the Everton fan's hand. Yeah. You know, so for me, know that. Yeah, for me, the stuff with Paratici is going to become a worldwide ban, which leaves... Spurs without a director of football in the middle of a transfer window where they're trying to conduct business. They're still trying to get uh, Pedro Poirot in from Porto. Uh, no, right way back. And they're trying to arrange a loan move for Jed Spence, the one that Conte didn't want. <laughs> and Conte has actually just sat him on the bench and done nothing with him for months because he's a spiteful little shit and decided, I didn't want you in the first place. I'm going to prove a point. And he's just left him there. Yeah, it's just pathetic to be honest, but I don't know. It it's there's some crazy things happening. I mean, the other thing that happened with Liverpool as well, Reese Williams was recalled back from his loan at Blackpool, and the everyone read into it that he was brought back in to allow Nat Phillips to leave the club. I don't think it was. I think he was brought back because he'd started four in eighteen games. The loan was a bad loan. It didn't yeah. work out. And if he's if you've got a player out on loan, haven't we? Yeah, if and it's something we were really good at. We used, I think, I read somewhere a while back that Liverpool put stipulations into players' loan contracts that they had to play a certain amount of games that they were available for, Mm -hmm. and that seems to be gone by the wayside because there's too many players that have gone out on loan and just haven't been played. And Reese is another one that's been caught up in that. If you've been available for the last eighteen games and only started four. That's a worry, yeah. you know, and I don't think you're going to be bringing that player back to allow Nat Phillips to go because the one thing Nat Phillips is, 
He ain't fashionable. He ain't posh. He's anything but. But he's solid. And he's dependable, and he's never let us down. And if you had to use him in a game, you wouldn't lose your rag over it. You might be a bit twitchy at times, but you know what I mean. You wouldn't be too nervous about it. No, I Ken- mean. Nat Nat Phillips played in the game I was at earlier this summer at uh, home to Crystal Palace, the home opener. And, you know, when the lineups dropped, it was unfortunate because I don't get to come over that often. So, you know, not getting to see Kanate, I think he was injured at the time, or Matip or Gomez even, and finding out that it's Nat Phillips. But, I mean, mean, that's a legend right there. I mean, that's (laughs) Nat Phillips is somebody that if you were a fan of Liverpool in this time, you will talk about Nat Phillips for years and years and years. But if you're coming into the, you know, if you become a Liverpool fan in the next five years, Nat Phillips will just be kind of like a joke name to you. But, I mean, he actually has been... A brilliant player for us when we've needed him yeah. to be, you know, for the role uh, that he is. Do you know the one thing that's really shocked me over this week window is how nobody has come in for any of our players at all. There's been no noise around any of our players, you know, even ones that aren't getting game time to be available to go on loan. Normally you get tapped up here and there, you know what I mean? You normally hear a bit of noise. I heard a bit of noise today at Manchester United that Newcastle are in talks with Manchester United over a deal for McTominay. You know, whether there's any legs in it, I don't know. But that's the kind of noise that you expect to hear in this type of type in this window to try to disrupt your players, to try to push for moves, agitate moves, you know, anything. But there is nothing. I, I wonder I wonder how much of that comes down to the players that we have being happy to be here. Like it wouldn't be hard for Nat Phillips to let leak to the media that he wants out and the clubs, you know, stopping him from finding a club where he can go and get regular first team football. Yeah. You you're just you're not hearing that. And I'm wondering if there are clubs that are, you know, extending the feelers through agents or whatever to players going, you know, would you be interested in leaving? And them just going. No, I like it here. Yeah. Like I'm specifically thinking in this case about Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Like I said it since the summer. If put yourself in his shoes, you're never going to get as big a contract as you're currently on. You're you're at your peak of your earning power. Why would you walk away from that contract? No, you don't. You and don't. It's the same. He's it's not... the same. For, it's the same for Navigator. I mean, exactly. the thing is, when you have these players and you sign them to these length of contracts, they're under no obligation to leave and. They can sit in the bench and earn their money if they like. That's yep. rather. But, you know, whenever they've been called upon, they've turned up, they've played, they've done their best. And wow. we might, look, we might think that their best isn't good enough. That's fine. That's a different discussion for a different day. But I mean, turned up, let's go back to Navigator before the United game <laughs> in the fall. When they've you know. been available, they've played. You know, when they've, when they've been selected, they've done all right in, yeah. in general. The one thing that is interesting, actually, Jono brings up his point, is uh, Cuevin Kelleher. Mm. Um, seen a, a tweet earlier on today with a price, actually, of um, offers in the range of 25 to 35 million for him. How would you right. va- what would you value him at? Bear in mind, he's homegrown. He's a modern-day goalkeeper with Champions League experience, with a Champions League winner's medal, yeah, and a cup final penalty say penalty legend status plus he's been really good when he's played for us i think that's an international i think that helps boost his value like i if you're not coming with at least 20 million as your starting offer i hope liverpool's just hanging the phone up immediately 
you know, like one of those ones on FIFA where you completely misread how much the player is going to be worth and like, what? No, that's it. It's over. Like, just finish with it. But he should be commanding a fee around the 30 million mark because he's homegrown. And I think especially because you can look at his performances that he put in in the cup last year. You look at his penalty save record. It's, he's phenomenal. And then that doesn't even go into, you know, how he's much better at his feet than the majority of keepers in this league are. Like he's, I, and that unfortunately might limit the pool for him because a team, you know, that's down at the bottom isn't necessarily going to want a keeper that's going to be good with their feet to play the ball from the back. They're going to want, you know, uh, more of a Nick Pope type goalkeeper. So, but I, I've, I think, I think Kelleher is really good. And I mean, people have been slamming me for my crazy shout of sell Allison to fund a rebuild and keep Kelleher. But I honestly think that out of all of our big name assets, the the smallest amount of drop off from the number one to the number two is probably a goalkeeper. Well, I would. Jordan Pickford moved from Sunderland to Everton for thirty five million pounds. That's crazy. And I think Creevy Keller has a much higher ceiling than Jordan Pickford. Yeah, I think he's a much better keeper, modern day keeper arms. than Jordan Pickford. Yes, but the Chris Chris is on one tonight. We really should have got Chris on tonight. Yeah, to I know. Fair. If he'd have picked up his phone earlier, he would have been on. But Chris put in a great comment there. Keller and Keller and Cash for Jude. We don't. (laughs) And apparently the reports coming out of Germany is that Julian Ward has talked to Jude Bellingham. That's coming out of uh, from a a reputable journalist. Take the hair out then. It's a reputable journalist in Germany that apparently Julian Ward has talked to Jude Bellingham. The conversations have been had. And for that to happen, Dortmund would have had to give permission. Yeah. You can't just go and talk to another club's players. Can't just go to Blackpool for an afternoon. Funny how that is frowned upon in modern day football. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, I would not be opposed to Creevy and Kelleher being used as a make weight in a deal for Jude Bellingham in which. Jude Bellingham has a buyback clause or a two-year loan or whatever structure. Kelleher, not club. Bellingham. We're putting... Yeah, sorry, yeah. Kelleher. Kelleher will go to Dortmund for two to three seasons and play for Dortmund. And I think it would be a perfect match. I honestly think there's a lot of... Th- there's a few things that actually happened in Germany over the last few days. Uh, Bayern Munich have sacked their... Um, because I honestly think that Bellingham does, or sorry, that Kelleher does end up in Germany. Really? Um, yeah, I do. Um, I think Bayern Munich have sacked their goalkeeping coach. Just mm-hmm. after bringing in Jan Sommer. Brought in Jan Sommer. Nubel is not happy. He's their number two. He's out on loan. He's uh, waiting on a contract that hasn't come. And they've sacked their goalkeeping coach, who was uh, Manuel Neuer's best man at his wedding. And he's like best mate and really tight with him. Uh-oh. And the you wonder if with David De Gea leaving Old Trafford in the summer, is it possible that uh, Manuel Neuer ends up at Old Trafford? Wouldn't, put, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, because he won't play for Bayern for the rest of the season. But no. I would love to see Creevy and Kelleher either play for Dortmund or playing for Xavi Alonso at Bayer Leverkusen. 
I I never even thought about the idea of him going to Dortmund. And I mean, that's it fits their kind of business model because yeah. they know that there's going to be a market for him back in England. Yeah. You know, you know, you can keep them for two, three years and then sell them for a massive profit because a, a number one, you know, top 10 in the world goalkeeper that's homegrown. There's value in that. Like there's huge value in that. I mean, 35 million for Pickford from Sunderland to Everton type value. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's worth that all day long. I genuinely do. I'd be, I think he's one of the most talented young keepers in, in world football, but he needs to be got. He needs to go in the summer. He needs to be playing. Gavin Bazunu has the Ireland shirt due to the fact that he's playing week in, week out. Oi. And he's he's not he's playing right. well. No, but he's he's a decent enough keeper. Uh, you but look at the statistics kept... and he's last in the league. But if you know if you watch him in games, an awful lot of Southampton's problems are in front of him. They're giving up way too many chances. But I've watched him for Ireland and he's decent. And I'm I'm convinced that if Kelleher plays for a decent side. And he gets a good run of games. He will be one of the best keepers in the world. Yeah, no I think even mind. Barcelona might be in the market for an, an upgrade at goalkeeper soon too. Because I mean, Ter Stegen isn't—he's not world class. You wouldn't say. Ah, uh, he's—he's very good though. He's good, but it just seems like he's the level below. Like you know, he's not as good as Courtois. No, he's not. He's—he no. is the level below. That yeah, is, he'd, be, but... he'd be in the bracket that I'd put like Ederson in. Yeah, like. But not... the truth is, he's—he's he's above. He's streets ahead of where Keller Keller could get there, but he, he desperately needs a move to a proper to a club, one that suits his style. One, yeah. you know, the suits his style of play. There's no point in him going to fucking Sheffield West, United, yeah, West Ham. Yeah, you don't play out from the back. You know what I mean? He needs to go to a club who plays football. And there's one thing that you get in the Bundesliga: all of the sides play football. Yeah, you know, they all play out from the back. They all play a structured same way. I think it would be a real. I think it would be a perfect match for him, to be honest. Per, you know, personally, but we'll see. I think that's one definitely for the summer, hundred percent. Wherever he goes, he's going to end up going. I think. He, I think if you're accepting twenty a bid of twenty five million, then you have it. You'd have to have it in his contract that you buy him back at a set fee, and it yeah. wouldn't be much. It would probably be around thirty five million. You know, yeah. Whereas and, if if the fee gets up higher above thirty million, yeah, I think you hedge bets and take your chances. Yeah, that's the sort of contract that that's just. Uh, thanks very much, Queeve, and you know we move on to the next one. And hopefully, what is a bit of a production line forming from our goalkeeping? Yeah, because we got lots of good keepers there. I mean, even uh, it was what Peter Luga went out on loan, but he still trains with Liverpool. He does. Yeah, he trains. Yeah. At, he trains at Liverpool. He plays. Uh, I think it's Mansfield. It's yeah, in this, something like that. It's in the fifth or sixth tier. Yeah, there's only but about it's 800 the, teams. It's a, yeah, but it's the one thing that you're playing at that level. It's men's football, yeah. you know, where you're going to get battered at corners. You're going to get playing horrible shitty... Macclesfield, yeah, you're going to play in horrible shitty pitches. and You're going to get tested. Uh, breaking news, Mashiri has told the Echo tonight that Everton FC, Everton FC is not up for sale. Ah, uh, poor Ev fans. I bet you it was great while it lasted because, I mean, you put it into the Telegram and it was something I wanted to uh, get. It, it was in the Guardian, actually. That's, yeah, well, yeah, that's where I, yeah. I, I linked that in there. But you said, you know, Everton would be a good sports washing project. And I said that to Gav yesterday before the show that if he had some time to ask Dave that of, you know, how he would feel about that. Because to me, it is Everton is a perfect candidate for somebody that wants to come in and buy a club to do sports washing with. 
You know, like they, they're Manchester City Mark II, but they've got dedicated fans and they actually have something of a sporting history. Like they have fond memories that people can look back on and say, you know, those were the old times and we can get back to their sort of thing. You know, nice new stadiums getting built. Like, yeah, but here's the catch 22, okay? They, he wants, say, he wants 500 million for, for argument's sake. Sure. The new owner still has to come in and finish the stadium. Yep. That's yeah. You know, he's not gonna. He's not gonna invest in that. Usmanov's money is is tied up. He can't. They can't use any of the money that any of the advertising is linked to Usmanov. They can't get any money from that. Yeah. They are still something like they've lost a ho- over a hundred million per year for the last three years. All of that's getting sucked up. That asking price that he's asked. If he's asking that money and that money is for him to walk away. The true deal for Everton is probably closer to a billion. No one in their right mind is doing that. Yeah. When I think the perfect club for that kind of venture is you go and buy West Ham. You got the Olympic Stadium, you're in London, mid table club with room to grow, and you don't have to break the bank to buy it. I th- there see the thing is for this kind of for that kind of venture, there's certain clubs that you look at. Manchester United and Liverpool would be an arsenal for me, are probably the three established Premier League football clubs with global recognition that you just see the brand, see the emblem and you know who they are. Name wise, yeah. you know who they are. Nobody outside of England really would have looked at Manchester City and had a clue. You know, Newcastle United have rakes of fans in Newcastle. One team, City. They were fa- they're famous for the Kevin Keegan era and Alan Shearer, but in truth, they've won nothing in Yonks. And fan base starves of starved of success, and they'll justify anything. You know, they'll jump through hoops to justify whatever crap is thrown at them. But when you're talking about clubs like Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, that kind of behemoth. In, a, in the pocket owned by a state is massive. It truly is. I mean, it. it's a case now where you, you look at the Ronaldo deal, okay? The Ronaldo deal to play in Saudi. That's the only reason that that deal was done is because they want to host the World Cup in 2030. Uh-huh. You know? All you need is over half of 211 countries to vote for you to get that World Cup, and they'll make whatever promises that need to be made, and they'll go from now until 2030 to sell themselves to the world as the sports capital of the world. Talk is that P- Messi doesn't want to extend his deal at PSG now. wonder why. You know, he's seen the deal that Coming Ronaldo to Liverpool? He's, he's, he's seen the deal that Ronaldo got, and yeah. he wants a slice of the pie. The MLS did it for years. You know, the MLS was a retirement home for aging Premier League players for donkey's years. And that was even in a league with salary caps, but they had exceptions. Yeah, Saudi Arabia don't have, they won't play with that rule book. They'll pay yeah. what they'll pay people whatever they want, and use them for whatever purposes they need to. But I think if you had a club the size of Manchester United, Liverpool, or Arsenal in that conglomerate, that's a dangerous prospect for football. That's a dangerous prospect for the league, and it's not one that I would feel anywhere near comfortable with. I'm sorry, I just think it would be horrible for us. Yeah. It's uh, it is not great. Uh, I mean, 
Is there anything that we said we were going to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? Who was on the uh, brand? If you guys could think in the chat, if there are any players that you've seen linked around the place. I mean, you look at... I saw... I Here's another one for you. I saw a rumor that Everton and Roma are both uh, rumored to be interested in taking Hakim Ziyech off of Chelsea. And that Sterling might also want to be looking for the exit door. But that, of course... Oh, no, that wouldn't have to be in the summer because he didn't play for Man City this year. So he could move. I mean, the only thing I saw from with Roma was uh, Nicola Zaniolo. Yeah. Uh, he was linked with him. He apparently Spurs wanted him, but he's your typical Dutch. Or sorry, your I see Dutch there. We'll talk about Gravenberts in a minute, but he's your typical Italian player who wants to stay in Italy, I think. And AC Milan are rumored to be in for him now. So I think Zaniolo is a really good player, and if he goes to AC Milan, you'll be you'll fly it. He'll do really well. Ryan Gravenberch. Yeah. Apparently, it was, it was rubbish today by Bayern that they they're happy with his progress at the club and they want to keep him. I don't know. I, I just... saw that picture of him wearing a Liverpool shirt. That seems pretty nailed. <laughs> seems so on. legit, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, if a player is wearing the club shirt, that means the transfer is done. We all know that, right? Yeah, this is true. But on the flip side of it, um, other things need to happen. No, I think, look, Ryan Gravenberts last year was flying high and at Ajax, he looked, he looked the real deal. He went to Bayern and he's just been swallowed up. He's been swallowed up by a club that didn't need him. Yeah. And seen it happen with Bayern a fair few times. And their midfield is, is established. And to get ahead of Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich, you've got to be some special kind of talent. And yes. he's just not that. Plus, I think it's telling that he was dropped out of the Dutch squad as well for the World Cup. He didn't go. He wasn't it, even selected as one of the alternates to go. It seemed so. a very strange move for him because like, he needed the move to Dortmund. He needed that phase of his career. Yeah. Because he, he needs to go and learn how, learn how to play football. Yeah, like yeah. he wasn't going to come into that Bayern team and steal a starting spot from the players that they had there because it wasn't like they were having this massive overhaul where they got rid of their, you know, nailed on starters in their midfield. He was coming in to supplement that. And I mean, he must have really backed himself in a footballing sense. Like kudos for his confidence to think that you're going to go in there and take Leon Goretzka or Joshua Kimmich's spot in a Bayern midfield. Like impressive. But yeah, that seems like a poor move. And I mean, we were linked with him. He would have been a good player for us, I think. But I, I, I think that he's and look, I'll get shot in it. I'll get shot for this. But on the pitch, I don't think he's any better than Curtis Jones. I, I honestly, I truly believe that. I think Ryan Gravenberch has all the tools in the trade to be a top player, but he needs to prove it. He needs to go and play. Uh, same as Curtis Jones. Curtis Jones has all the tools in the world to be a top professional. To be a really, really good player, but he needs to he needs to turn up. And I think the problem for us going into the summer is we've got we've got way too many question marks over too many players, either too many miles in the legs, and age is only a number. But if you've got five years of clock mileage in your legs, I think that can take it out of certain players. Like a that's five Fabinho years of clock mileage is like a year of Bielsa mileage. Yeah, but five. Years, I think I think Fabinho for me is the one that you got to look. I think there'll be a name sold in the summer. Yeah, and I think it will be Fabinho. I think Fabinho is thirty years of age, but he 
you might I might be wrong, right? And you might have you might see him have a resurgence like Granite Chaka. You know, I mean, nobody saw that season coming. For, for nobody, no, nobody. Right? But at the same time, you're not the signs that you're seeing from him ain't good. You know what I mean? And yeah, slow slowing mentally is you know yeah. troubling. It's the one thing Liverpool have to do in this. Look, it's no secret, right? Arsenal have built that squad over probably four windows to do what they're doing now. It's taken yeah. them four windows and two years of suffering and pain to get to to get the squad together to develop it to be in a position to go and get fifty points from nineteen games. And credit to them, you know what I mean. It's not easy, but the one. Th- thing that Arsenal have in their favour over us now is the fact that they're, the majority of their players that are hitting form and doing it well are young. Yeah, You know what I mean? Ours, you know, Salah's going to be 30, Fabinho's 30, Henderson 31. You know what I mean? We've rinsed every sinew out of all of these players. It's no secret that when Gini Wijnaldum left us, he's done pretty much virtually nothing since. Because we rinsed absolutely every bit of ounce, every ounce of energy that we had, that he had to give, we took it. And <clears throat> I would have know, thought the same about Adam Lalana until he ran fucking circles around us when we went down to Brighton there. Too. But it's taken him two years of Brighton to get to this version of Adam Lalana. This is the thing, and a couple of years on our treatment table too. Yeah, to get and back up to it. I just, I just look at. It, I think come the summertime, there's going to be some hard decisions to be made around key players. And the build, the makeup of the squad by the end of the, the summer transfer window, I'm hoping we'll see the reduced age of our squad back down to being something in around 25. I would love to see the average age of our squad back down to around 24, 25. Yeah, that's and then go for the next five years. But yeah. it, it's some, you need some serious, serious investment to do that. But one thing, even if FSG do own us, they've shown in the past that when they have to go big in a particular window, they might front load it and go ham in one window to, and you won't do it again for another three years, but you won't have to. That's the whole point. I mean, over the last two windows, I think we spent 150 million plus on forwards. So between Diaz, Nunes, and now Gakpo, you know, we've spent the bones of over 150 million on three forwards to add to Firmino. Hopefully, he'll get an extension. Salah and Jota. I think yeah. there's question marks over him as well. Yeah, as much I, as I, I like him. Yeah, it's he's one. I'm mean, just with the injury <coughs> concerns around him. You know, I presume you're talking about Jota and not Salah. We're not on Twitter here, so. Um, no. It's something that I'm uh, I'm hoping we can talk about on Thursday, uh, and I'm kind of hoping that Ron's on because as a North American sports guy, the whole concept of rebuilds is big over here. Like, what what Arsenal have done with their team to me, it gives me some parallels to it's probably talking to people who have no idea what I'm talking about. But in hockey, when the Pittsburgh Penguins were absolutely garbage, and then they got Sidney Crosby with the first overall draft pick, and they got Evgeny Malkin with the first overall draft pick, and they augmented these two young superstars with the pieces that you needed, and they went on and they won, I think, three or four Stanley Cups since then. And now it's coming to an end, and it's just a generation thing. And like to me, the big question will be whether they can keep that squad together. 
Yeah. And I, I don't see how that's possible because it's, they're all going to start coming up for contract renewals at the same sort of time. And they're all going to be asking for big, big money, big money. Yeah. Saka, Martinelli, like Smith Rowe, Odegaard. Odegaard is going to command a King's ransom. Yeah. Because he's phenomenal this season. Right. A couple of things, mate. Andy Kaufman, I have seen your chats about your honeymoon. I'll tell you what, man. If you got a video to that honeymoon, at Kevo Sullivan, DM me. I, I'm in, all in. That looked like an absolute bomb of a honeymoon, man. You did everything. It's so cool. But <laughs> uh, someone else said in the chat as well that uh, Weston McKinney done deal, according to DeMarzo, to Leeds. Ooh. Juventus were in the market to sell him. They wanted him sold, and they wanted him this this win this sold this window for somewhere between twenty and thirty million euro. If that happens, Joe is going to be doing cartwheels, and he'll be delighted with life. Yeah, but that probably means that Jesse Marsh is staying. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but, that's. I mean, that's. This is the Leeds USMNT now. Just about like they are stocking up on the Yankees. So. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But Weston yeah. McKinney next to. Uh, Tyler Adams in a midfield pairing, yeah, that, I like the, I like the look of that to be honest. Yeah, that's With that's, that's not terrible. There is one name that we put its picture in the graphic for the show description, and we haven't talked about, and maybe this is saving the absolute funniest transfer story for last. Arnaud Dan Juma. Oh, how did we forget? I, I don't Juma. know how we forgot about oh, no. it because once oh, I saw that this morning, I just laughed. The chat are absolutely rubbish. How did you guys not in the chat not lead with Dan Juma? They I might. Mean, I know have. the I mean, Everton being sold story was there, but how did he? Oh, so I there's talks that he passed his medical and had done some media for Everton already, yeah. presumably wearing the jersey, holding the jersey. You know, the contract signing picture, like. Wow, and then Spurs just absolutely gazumping them at the post and. It, like it, it literally seems like he was agreeing to sign for Everton and just looking at his phone going, anybody, literally anybody, anybody, anybody call, anybody else call. And it just came up Dan leaving. He's like, done, I'm on my way. And he's gone. <laughs> it's mental. It is absolutely mental. Uh, but look, we've been there. We've been there with Fakir. Yep. You know, the media was done and we all know the story of what happened there. Heartbreaking you know? that was for that me. was heartbreaking, but Ugh. Fakir has turned out to be a proper player. Dan Juma was in the Villarreal side that played against us in the Champions League semi-finals and was good. You know, him good. and Chikwese were really, really lively, really good players. He's another one for me that's fallen completely off a cliff. He's at an absolute mare of a season. And uh, Villarreal looking to try to get him on loan, a change of scenery, try to boost his value in order to sell him down the line. But you've had a choice here. You can go and play at Everton and try to save them and try to keep them up and be a hero and get them and all that stuff. Or you can go and sit next to Richarlison on the bench at Spurs. He's decided <laughs> to go and sit on the bench next to Richarlison yeah. rather than play for Everton. Wow. Yeah. it's Well, I mean, when the deal was coming out, it was like, geez, you know, like 
I, I can't say that I've watched a lot of Villarreal this season. So I remember the Dan Juma from last year and it was like, like that's actually yeah. pretty clever business from Everton. Like, you know, the loan fee's not going to be huge. You can't imagine he's on massive wages playing for Villarreal because I don't know if you've heard, but it's a pretty small city. I think only oh, 70,000, yeah. you know, love it. every time they play that has to get mentioned sort of thing. Yeah. I love so, the story behind Villarreal. Yeah. So it's like, like, geez kind of comes out of nowhere like are Everton actually going to try to get their shit together here like this seems like a very sensible move for them seems like he's going to add some goals maybe enough goals to keep him up man you don't have to worry about it like I went to sleep with it being a done deal basically for Everton and I woke up to him being a Tottenham (laughs) player (sighs) I've seen Spurs fans on my Twitter feed they're not happy bunnies you know what I mean really there's no they're not because they're screaming out for a uh, right wing back you know, Everson Royale just doesn't cut it. And they know Dan Juma, or sorry, Dan Juma, sorry. They Jim. know that Jed Spence isn't going to play. And then you're left with Darty. And Darty will try his heart out, but he's not Matt Darty of five years ago. It's, it's just nuts how, I mean, Pedro Porro has a buyout clause of 45 million euro. They will not pay it. That's just for Barry Devaney. How apt that Jan Jumo used to play for the Yellow Submarine, but he didn't want to join the Blue Submarine. Well done, Barry. <laughs> Tweet. So That's comment of, night, comment of the night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Decore apparently training on his own as well at Everton. Everton are in the mud, man. Uh, I mean, the thing is, they can't keep cliches. They can't get draws, and they don't look like scoring goals. It's a recipe for disaster. Who's their um, number two? Is it still Robin Olsen? No, he's a Villa. Oh, he's at Villa. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's he a screwed us last season. So was they got Joel yeah. Robles or something like that? I'm the bloody clue, mate. Genuinely, I don't know. Yeah. Because like the they, th- they can't even they can't even like try to look at offloading. I mean, to get rid of Pickford in a relegation fight would be you may as well just yeah. forfeit the rest of your games, I guess. Yeah, the the, the, th- the thing is they have to shift bodies out, they have to get this Gordon deal. All she had to say is Asmir Begovic. Wouldn't know me. Asmir Begovic, second choice at Everton. No, that's 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 not he's about he's my age. That's that's young for a keeper, he's isn't it? He's as old in time. And sure, we could loan him Tafferell for the rest of the season, you know. Probably do a decent still... job, Joe Fuller. Yeah. But... I, there's there's rumors coming out here. I'm seeing uh, my sources, Emmett Kavanaugh, the most believable voice on Twitter. Saying that Onana's told Everton that he wants to leave this window. If Onana has put in a transfer request, I think the way most transfers work, if you're sold and you haven't asked to leave, the club have to pay you some kind of whatever bonuses are owing or there's a stipulation Uh in the contract that the club would have to pay you a certain amount, amount of money. If you put a transfer request in, that's null and void. So if that's true and he has put in a transfer request, look, I think he's going to go anyway. If if you've got Arsenal sniffing around you and or Chelsea at the minute, um, Chelsea have until from now up until the summer to do one of these outstretched loans or outstretched deals of eight years contracts and whatever. So you'd be an absolute fool not to try to take that offer up. It's. Um, I still don't see it. I don't see what it all what it is with him. I think there's an awful lot of players out there that just because you come through Clairefontaine, 
or you come through the French under the French youth setup and the French system that you're automatically going to be some more kind of world beater. He's a big, he's a big unit in the middle of the park who turns like a truck. And I think there's an awful lot of holes in his game. There's an awful lot in his game that he needs to, that he needs coached into him. He might develop into something. I don't know, but Everton need to make money and they need to do it in the next 24 to 48 hours <laughs> to give them some kind of funds to be able to go out and buy. They have to go out and buy goals from somewhere. They need goals. Yeah. They yeah and that's all it is. have to get some goals. Yeah. You need goals. I mean, it's, it's either that or Dominic Calvert-Lewin has to do, like he has to have a miraculous recovery of his form in the second half of the season. <laughs> Oh, it's red, Steve. That is beautiful. Everton is so crap that Peter on the wing isn't even sat in their car park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's that brilliant. Yeah. Uh, here's a couple that I've saved from uh, earlier in the show. Going back to the uh, UEFA trying to close the long contract loophole. You think we might possibly agree to something? with Bellingham beforehand just to get in before that loophole's closed. I wonder. So I was thinking about that today too when I heard that of like cuz if there's a player you're going to give it to Jude Bellingham feels like a as as close to a sure bet as you can get to give oh, yeah. an 8 or a 9 year contract to. Barring injury, I think it's printing money. Yeah. I honestly think there's absolutely no reason in the world that you don't pay Dortmund whatever the hell they want. Yeah. None. The only thing that prevents you from not recouping your money is if football suddenly develops a system where um, transfer fees are capped. Yeah. Other than that, Drew Bellingham will hold his transfer value for the next eight years. Yep. He'll always be worth what you paid for him and more. Especially if he, he develops as everyone hopes he does. Uh, he's a phenomenal talent. He's probably one of the best centre midfielders for his age group in the world. The other one that's been talked about a lot is uh, Chelsea haven't given up on Moses Caicedo. Although Caicedo did interview locally in Brighton today. And, you know, I'm focused on Brighton. It, it was what you expect a player of your club to say it was literally, you know, word yeah, for word what you, what, with Brighton and a yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like, I want to get from now into the summer, but come the summer lads, I'm off. Yeah. You know, but I think Brighton are definitely a club who don't need to sell. And I think come the summer, they will create an auction for him and he'll go to the highest bidder. Rightly so. And if I was Brighton, that's what I would do. Yeah. The other one is Enzo Fernandez. Uh, they're Chelsea are hoping that, Benfica soften their approach to him because, as we've now seen with Chelsea, they are in no state financially to go out and pay a release clause in full up front. They just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, it's not a case of whether they have the money or not. They don't have the financial room to do that. So the hope they're hoping that as the window goes on and the idea that, look, Enzo Fernandez might be at the peak of his value to now. Come the summertime, his value might come down, even if it comes down by 20, 30 million. And 
Benfica can only recoup 75 or 80 for him. Only 75 or 80. Yes. But if you have, if you have, say, an extra 20 million on top of that, 20 million in the Portuguese league is a lot of money. Yeah. And they can spend that really, really well. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just nonsense. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it, the spending eventually has to stop at some point for Chelsea. And like, you know, you were talking about, there's been very few players that have moved if you disregard Chelsea's buying, but even with Chelsea's buying, it's not a lot of midfielders going around and Chelsea need midfielders. Like we need midfielders. Yeah, they do. Um, like, it makes look, you think I, that there's something in the market, you know, that teams that have these midfielders that are coveted know what they have. And like, yeah. I think, I think it would be, I would be blown away if, because it's Rui Costa that's the sporting director, I believe, at Benfica, right? Yeah. And he drew a pretty thick line in the sand that it is release clause or nothing. Yeah. And if you're just fresh into the job and you've made a strong declaration like that, that you're not accepting less than that, and then you, a couple weeks later, take less than the release clause, I think that just really kind of hollows out his leg to stand on when he's you know going forward in his job, which presumably he plans on keeping for a little while. So it's I would be hard-pressed to see him letting him go for less than the release yeah. clause. I, th- I think what Benfica have done is basically what Dortmund did with Jadon Sancho at Manchester United first time around. But, I mean, yeah, Dortmund got an extra year out of Sancho, but ultimately they had to pay Sancho for that year and they got less in the transfer market yeah. after it. So it was cut your nose off to spite your face. But at the same time, they did show that they won't be bullied in the market, which long run probably benefits them yeah yeah absolutely and it's the same with brighton you know and if you're fans of those clubs you got to be happy with how your club is being run from a financial sense you know it's it's going to sting to watch your best players leave but if you accept that that's your position in the you know football food chain you got to like the way that you're driving hard bargains you're getting big transfer fees you're reinvesting it into the club and you're keeping that going so yeah Uh, i mean just the the mudrick one is interesting because i mean look conscious Contrary to what is being reported in the press, uh, let me just get it up here a sec. Uh, Chelsea didn't pay a hundred million for him. Um, I think Chelsea paid in the region of 60, 63, million pounds for Mudrick, rising to 89 over the eight years, dependent on. Um, what they deem as achievable targets. So it may be a case that, look, you go and win the Champions League, it's going to cost you X. Yeah. Win the Premier League, it's going to cost you X. It's, it's Darwin. Yeah. It's just people... Yeah, number of appearances, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. The absolute maximum amount that a incentive-laden yeah. contract can, you know, pay out for a team, even though that's not the case. Like, it's... They have not paid that. And I'm sure, like we say with Darwin Nunez, if you hit all those targets... You know, if you win all you, the trophies, yeah, you just want to pay him anyway. Yeah, you're more than happy. Here you go. I mean, yeah, thanks. Yeah. You can come pick up your extra ten million we owe you at our trophy parade. How about that? Yeah. We'll have it in a suitcase <laughs> for you. So, uh, just one more. Uh, Barry Devaney is yeah. just wondering if everybody wished Pep Linders a happy birthday today. I went out and bought a copy of the book that I plan on burning. So I after you read it. Well, I'm only about halfway through, and I'm starting to wonder if there's some sort of curse that I need to finish the book. In order I think so. 
because I started reading it when we were still, you know, challenged for the quadruple and we hadn't become shit. And then I started reading it and we've been fucking garbage and I'm stuck on about, I don't know, page 310 or something like that. It's a hefty book. It's long. It is. Yeah. Look, uh, man, you, at least it'll be an informed burning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I'm not just going to buy it from the shop and then walk right over and toss it into a pile. That would be absolute silliness. And I believe it is also uh, Luis Suarez's birthday today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chewy's... Uh... Why is he like Chewy. <laughs> Chewy. Why is he likes a nibble here and there? Yeah, you're not <laughs> right. It's uh, an amuse bouche, an amuse bouche. So, I could blame him. Yeah, I think that's just about enough. Uh, I believe we got a, one more of these transfer shows planned for Tuesday, which is deadline uh, day. So, well, m- Monday, I think. I think Monday is deadline day. It might be Tuesday. I don't bloody know. I think. But yeah, I mean, uh, Tuesday is the thirty first, so it would make sense that. The, oh, okay. Yeah. The window slams shut on the last day of the yeah, year. It so. would definitely be online for. Uh, we'll definitely be on, whoever yeah, is here. It, the show suits, will be live. Suits, ties, and uh, dildos is what's yep. going to be required. Got to be. Got to have a yellow tie. Got to yeah, have a yellow tie. It's the law. Everybody will be reporting from outside of a different ground, and that's yeah. how we'll keep abreast of all the latest well, on it. Well, yeah. we'll we'll all be watching Vinny. Was it? What's it? The sky, Vinny, oh. Vinny, something or other. I don't get any of that good stuff. He, he's always the guy who's at Anfield at Goodison. So I reckon that I don't know if it'll be busy. I think there will. There's a lot more business to be done in the next week. I think the the moves out of Everton, the the money they generate out of that. They will, Vinnie O'Connor, that's it. They will definitely be looking to be busy in the market, even if it's loans, could be going to dipping into the championship market every which way. But they need fresh bodies, 100%. Plus, they need a manager. Yeah. I mean, Bielsa or Graveboat, take your pick. It's yeah, because it seems like Hassan Hoodle has said he's not interested. I don't know what Everton were smoking that they thought that Thomas Frank was an option. Like, in, in what world was that going to happen? Did they call about Klopp and Guardiola too? Like, it, it just seems absolutely baffling. I just, I, I put a comment into the chat last night when the guys were talking about it. I think if Marco Bielsa, Marcelo Bielsa walks through the door at Finch Farm, uh, takes one look at that squad, he will flog him to death. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's apparently he's come out and when he's assessed the squad, he said they're too slow. They're too slow for the way I want to play. I mean, he's never come into a European league side in the middle of a season anyway he's definitely the type of manager that you uh you give him as much time as possible you know you always get him in on the 31st of may yeah what's the story that he always watches like 800 hours of video or something like that on any team he was going to take over so i'm just thinking that like he was interested in it and he started watching hours of everton footage and just fell asleep just couldn't, but yeah, just <laughs> he's, a, he's an old man, like you yeah. know what I mean. That bucket can't be, is can't yeah. be subjecting somebody to that. It's like something out of a clockwork orange, forcing yourself to sit there yeah. and watch hours of Everton play. So, I um, think, I think Sean Dyche is the person, is the manager they have to go for. Yeah, I think if they get him in, he can make he'll make them solid, hard Steve to beat. Bruce? No, old laundry head. No, 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 Neil no. Warnock, think... is he still alive? He's got apparently is he might be going back to Cardiff. Hmm. But I honestly think that they need a break, an emergency break glass option at Everton. Someone that could come in, organize them, make them hard to beat, yeah, and go from there. And as to what these Dice could do, even Allardyce could do that. Allardyce 
is one of these managers who knows how to build a negative, horrible, vile, dirty side oh, to play against. You know what it would be absolutely perfect for Everton? Roy Hodgson. Bring him out <laughs> of retirement. He can wear the sunglasses like he did last season, coming down the stretch with Palace. Just put him on the sidelines. Yeah. It'll give the Everton fans another ex-Liverpool figure to blame all of their woes and troubles on. The one, the one thing that they can't do is they can't go and buy a manager out of a contract. Yeah. So wherever whoever they bring in is probably someone. It's almost certainly going to be someone who's not in work at the minute, because any funds that they use to get in a manager is funds that are taken away from the transfer from the transfer budget. Yep. You know, I know Rooney had it in his contract when he went to Washington that if a Premier League club came in for him, he could go. So. And that's another show I heard. Someone in work actually said that to me today. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Hilarious. Can it please happen by the time the derby rolls around? Because it's been too long since we've been able to hear Ollie's at the wheel ringing around from, from the stands. It, it just writes itself, it writes itself doesn't oh, it? Oh, it's fun. Comedy is amazing here. Uh, all right. I think that's about enough to yeah, the battle. I mean, for having absolutely no knowledge, we filled up enough minutes. That's for sure. Uh, I direct everybody to go over and check out the latest episode of the uh, Day Trippers Women's Show that Chris Brack has just done. And uh, it's up on all your podcasting platforms. He's got Neil Atkinson from the Anfield Rap. Uh, Emma Philippa Saunders Smallwood. from the BBC, Philip yeah. Smallwood from the Anfield Rap and the LFC Women's Supporters Club as well. I think they're actually going to do a second-by-second second coverage of the uh, women's game at the weekend, and it'll be a short show because it was, what, less than seven minutes before the match was called off, which... Yeah, guys, guys if you haven't... it's If you look, click onto the description for this channel, right? Scroll one down. It's the last podcast that was uploaded. Watch it. It's, I mean, you've got top, top tier people on that show, plus Chris. And I don't know, look, Chris works really hard to put this show together and, and nailing these people down to times when they're available and everything goes above and beyond for, for this part. But what happened last weekend was absolute thundering disgrace. And we've all seen, I, I don't know about you, I've seen the videos going around of the players trying to play on that pitch. It was shocking what happened. And it's, by the safe of God, by the saving grace of God, no one got injured. Yeah. Because that was what those people who organized that match put those women through should heads should roll for that. Well, that is an absolute there's disgrace. no way that the pitch degraded that much from when they did their pre-match check to when the match kicked off. It's impossible. It it's it just is. impossible. So yeah. they either didn't do it. Or just thought that the the standard required for women's football doesn't have to be the same as it would be for men's football, and that's just not acceptable in this. Hundred percent, I encourage everyone to just go and watch it and listen to the guys describe it because Philippa Smallwood, I think, if Philippa wasn't there, Emma probably was, and it's yeah, as Chris said, it's a fifteen-hour round trip for fans, and fans did travel for six minutes of football that. Even if the fans were told after the 9.30 inspection in the morning, they were still on the road. Yeah. But at least they could have turned around. Yeah. Stamford Bridge was empty. Do you know what I mean? There's no excuse for that. It was the only reason, look, the only reason that that game, that they attempted to play it at all is because it was the TV game on BBC. Yep. 
and it's a End shocking of the day, disgrace. It's all about their money, not your money yeah. as a match going fan. It's all no. about their money. Yeah, it's an absolute shocking disgrace that they put players players' health in danger to fulfill a TV obligation. It's yeah. shocking. It's because it's you know, you know, with almost a hundred percent certainty that it would never have happened in the men's game. And the thing is, I think. Yeah. I saw the clip of Neil Atkinson talking about that situation. There, I mean, you're in Canada, right? Obviously, you you know cold. Yeah. We don't we don't get that level of cold sustained for long. But if you have temperatures over here, say minus ten degrees Celsius, which ain't unrealistic, that would put virtually all football in danger of being cancelled, because the undersoil heating can only handle so much. But the way I look at it, look, I mean, go and listen to the podcast. Go and listen to Chris's and the guy's description of what happened. It's worth your time. I promise you, you will you will learn a lot about the women's game anyway. But the content is absolutely first tier. You're not going to get a better ensemble of, of people to talk about the women's game than the people that Chris got, managed to get hold of. And I know. He gets a hold of them once a month. And he just puts it up there, man. It's all free. Go and enjoy it. Click the like button and share it all around. Yeah, absolutely. That's all we ever ask of the people here on the show, that and helping uh, donate to our charity partners, which I'm going to get to in a second. But, you know, for this show, for any of the other shows you're on, they're all free. Nothing's behind a paywall. Just hit the like button. We don't even do ad reads in the middle of the show anymore, which I kind of miss. But, you know, I don't. everybody, everybody. I don't. Seems to them. Yeah, I know you didn't like doing them. I got a, I I got a real kick out of doing them. It was a lot of fun for me. But, I mean, it's all free. Just, I mean, if you can tell people about it, Follow the show on uh, on you know Twitter, Instagram, and all that good stuff. Share it around. I think the guy's got a TikTok account going now. So if you're into that young kid stuff, you can get on there. Um, check out our partners at bookmakers.com. You know, they're helping keeping the show going, helping Gab keep the lights on over at LFCDT headquarters there. If you gamble, gamble responsibly. If you don't, there's other good stuff on there for you as well, too. And then the main thing is our charity partner. The uh, link is in the description. It was here on the banner we got going across at the bottom of the show. 12 women that play the GAA in Dublin are going to run the Dublin Marathon to raise money for breast cancer research, which is an unbelievable thing to do for uh, a charity. Well on them. They got months of training ahead of them. So we're going to help them raise some money and get them to their goals that they need to do it. We ask that if you can help donate, help get us ticking along to there. You know, we got Kieran being an absolute superstar, uh, matching likes up to 600 euros, which we crushed. And as soon as he said that, of like, yeah. this isn't going to take four shows, especially <laughs> if there's a fat back four in there, you'd probably be able to get 600 on a fat back four just about. And true to his word, he's putting his money where his mouth is. And, you know, and if you can't, because times are in fact quite tough uh, with the whole world going to shit, burning down, throw it into your... Seconds in the doom days. Doom yep, day exactly. But... Throw it into your uh, Twitter feed, you know, share it on Facebook if you're doing that. Tell people about it because this is something that affects absolutely everybody. And uh, rest of the week, there is volume number two of the soon-to-be legendary LFC Day Trippers viewers call-in show. So you guys can find the link to uh, get in and be a caller on the show. You don't need to have your camera on if you're, you know, uh, embarrassed or ashamed or you just don't want to, or you don't have a working camera, you can still get on with just your voice, get your question into the fellas. It's going to be Shawnee, Keith, and uh, Gav taking calls again tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it because the yeah. one last week was hilarious. It was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, just 
everyone who's in the chat tonight, you all got a phone. Click on the link, follow the instructions. Uh, like Matt's like Matt said, you don't have to put your camera on if you don't want to. But do put your camera on because I'd love to put names and faces together for everyone who's been in the chat for so long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Chris Golden. Chris we're Golding always looking for chat. new people yeah. to come on the viewer's voice too. Yeah. So, you know, if you're good on camera and you got a good connection and everything like that, and you're interested in it, that's the next step. Yeah. I mean, Chris Golden was in the chat earlier on. He came on last week as well. A really good caller. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's one thing typing your opinions and everything in there and reacting to what we're all saying, but get involved in the discussion. Yep. You know, get involved yourselves. Just click on the link tomorrow when it comes up. Gav will direct everyone to where where they need to go. Click into it and go from there. It's so simple, and you will enjoy it. And they're generally nice lads anyway. They're not going to ball you out. No, 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 no. Just a bunch of gentle giants. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> well, maybe not giants, but gentle. Let's just say. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, Kev? No, nah, man. Um, just looking forward to the. Actually, kind of looking forward to the to the football. I'm looking forward to the Brighton game on Sunday. Yeah. So, but between now and then, there's shed loads of content coming. We've got a Brighton fan coming on a Friday night. Ooh. Joe is a really nice guy. Uh, loves He'll be his fine, club. Hi. Yeah, and knowledgeable about his club as well, and football in general. So we'll have a good chat about yeah. the uh, about Brighton game and what's come what's come up over the weekend some of the other fa cup stuff as well yeah cool yeah so yeah we got Colin show tomorrow i uh, try to cobble together a viewer's voice panel and some subjects to talk about for thursday you guys are doing a special cup edition of the premier league forecast on friday yeah. full-time reds on saturday fatback four on sunday the content never stops she's all free all you got to do is just hit the like button and tell your friends about it so i think that's enough yeah. Go make up some more rumors and uh, prime the charge for next week, and get one more of these transfer yeah. shows in, and put another. Guys, probably screaming, at, screaming at the at the YouTube channel. Will you ever go home? <laughs> uh, we're having fun here. This is again so much easier than talking about Liverpool, Neil, Chelsea. Yeah, and, no. let's go. Right. Adios, everybody. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.